available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome everyone back to whatever the hell we call this show. I'm David Woods. Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. I think all of that's still true. Yes, and I'm Ryan Abraham uh, from uscfootball.com. Still the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, at least as of this morning, <laughs> we made the podcast of champions. Talking all things Pac-12 <laughs> football. Uh, I don't know what we are now. I don't know. I, we were just talking about this, and uh, legitimately and seriously, we don't know exactly what to do going forward. Obviously, there are... Okay, so first, just uh, we're going to skip Ryan's preamble for just a second, because yes. lay of the land, uh, as we are recording, UCLA and USC just released their official releases. As we were driving into the studio yeah. to record our emergency... This is an emergency. This is an emergency we, Have we done an emergency one? We have before, once. What was the emergency? Maybe it was when uh, it wouldn't have been when Chip Kelly was hired, was it? I don't Did know. we do one? Maybe oh. we haven't done one. Okay. In any case, um, uh, uh, as we were driving in, uh, UCLA and USC both released their releases, saying that they are officially moving to the Big Ten for the 2024 season. Yeah, not speculation, not not John Wilner, beautiful John Wilner, beautiful boy John Wilner. Let's just shout out John Wilner, Wilner for a second. Hold on, scooped. <laughs> Everybody. He scooped them all. He scooped everybody, except for, a like, I'm going to just say this right now. I have a buddy in a group chat who asked me about this, asked, like, several of us about this three days ago. Like, hey, I heard this from a dude who doesn't really know anything that UCLA and USC are going to the Big Ten. And, nice. we, all, and we all were just like, nah, it's probably not true. Awesome. Yeah. So that's that, that that's my journalistic, in, my journalistic instincts right there at work. Anyway, um, so shout out to him, too. But shout out to John Wilner more. Um, so anyway, uh, that happened. As we were coming in, right. I still haven't fully wrapped my head around all of the implications of this, but the obvious one is you cover the USC site and I cover the UCLA site, and both right. of those <laughs> both of those schools are no longer going to be part of the Pac-12. No, in in just two short football seasons. Yes, like uh, wh- I don't know. This is very, 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 very strange, and I. This is one of the more surreal. I've covered USC. Like, there's been sur- some surreal days. There were some very wild days. There was there was Sark. There I was mean, Josh Shaw. There was so much. There were so many things, and this is like just sort of like one of those things that stops your your heart. I mean, I, I mean, I was covering that. So this is very weird. We're in Southern California. I live in Hermosa Beach, California, little little town south of LAX. And the next town over, Redondo Beach, California, is where they usually hold the Elite 11 Finals, where they're going on right now. I was there this morning with Chris Trevino covering this event. It's a high school event. It's the top quarterbacks in the country. USC has a committed quarterback there. Oregon's in on uh, you know Dante Moore, who's the, the top un- 
rated or uncommitted quarterback there. I mean, there's Pac-12 implications at the, the Elite 11. It's maybe a mile from my house. We're about a half a mile from where that is. So I'm there at, at Redondo Union High School with Chris. He looks at his phone. He doesn't get great service there. He's like, Wilner's saying that USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten. I was like, what? I'm like, so is this a real account? I'm like, this is really Wilner. We kind of look at each other like, uh, okay, like I don't think we should be filming high school players right now. This is something we need to do. Um, but Elliot comes over, who's there, big podcast guy for the 24-7 Sports Network, and offers us his laptop and microphone that we could do an emergency podcast like right there. And uh, we're like, well, my studio is a half a mile from here. So we just drove over the studio. Um, Josh Pate, like the whole 24-7 sports video team happened to be at Redondo. So they're here in Southern California to cover this. It was just like kind of surreal the way it happened. So Chris and I come over here, do a live show for like 90 minutes. You know, tweets are happening as the show's going on, getting texts. I'm getting calls from national writers. I did like radio nonstop after that show was over. And then we started to do our show. It's been absolutely insane. And it's like, I would do a radio show in Southern California. You're talking about USC and UCLA. I do a radio hit up in Portland and it's a whole different feel, right? I had Yogi Roth come up to me at, you know, and didn't even dawn on me that he's in like, tears. he was not happy, obviously. And I, we love Yogi, you know? Um, and I told him like, dude, this is Larry Scott. He ruined this. And like, you, I think he understood that USC, you know, UCLA, like they're just going to make too much money. They didn't have a choice. But he was bummed, you know. He's really bummed about this, and a lot of people are. And I'm bummed too. I will say personally, like if I'm just thinking of it, like from my personal angle, this isn't good for me. Like I don't love this. Um, like I would, I would probably prefer to watch like true Pac-12 football than learn whoever the fuck is on Maryland's roster. Yeah. Um, like I don't want to learn about all these Big Ten. I mean, not to go with Bill Walton. I don't want to learn about these truck stops. I don't care about them. I don't have any, and I don't have any history of caring about them. Like it's going to be hard for me to give a shit about Iowa football. Yeah, um, and they do so, wave at the. I like that they wave at the uh, Children's Hospital. That's you know cool. something about Iowa football? Like I, yeah. I don't even have that, and so it's it's going to be hard for me to like get into that mindset. But decoupling that from what's what's good for UCLA or USC or what's good for their viability, um, it's massive. It's huge, uh, and so it's it's just. I'm more with like the the like sad Utah fans I see on Twitter and the you know sad Washington fans or whatever, um, personally. But yeah, and and also because I mean, legitimately because we, we do this podcast, like right, it 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 does provide some organizing principles for my Saturdays in the fall. Like I do have to watch, <laughs> I have to watch Oregon State Arizona, and right. I'm cool with that. Like I love it. Um, I don't want to watch Illinois Rutgers. Right. Well. I don't know if we're going to be doing a Big Ten, Big Ten podcast. We, we had to figure that stuff out. By the way, we're drinking a fat tire right now. I brought two beers for each of us, a fat tire and a Miller Lite. I thought David doesn't care about taste, so I get both fat tires. He gets two Miller Lights, but false. he went with it. <laughs> so, so there's some false things going on. Um, okay, so I mean, there's a whole lot we have to talk about, and we can just kind of talk for a while. I put out a poll. Uh for USC fans. And, you know, I, I said, you know, sometimes fans from other programs will come in and doctor it. David Woods was, you know, notorious for that. Like if I said something about I should Clay Helton be I fired. I just full, full, full disclosure. I did vote no in that poll that you posted earlier today. Right. But it wasn't 
when when it was like a 95% and you got some people to vote no, it made it like 92%. Like it it changed it could have been like 99 and you made it like 92. No, no, I brought it down. I brought it down like a full 14 percentage points. I got like the entire the entire fan base of the Pac-12 who wasn't USC fans involved. <laughs> but it still was like it went from like 98 to like 80 something. Like it was still really high. Like this poll was like 54, 55% in favor. This is most of USC fans. I had USC fans texting me that they weren't happy about this. And I don't I don't get that at all. Um, this is huge. And I, I would differ a little from you. Like, I'm sad because I love the Pac-12, but I love all this stuff. And I love the podcast of champions. I, I, I just love that stuff. But personally, it's not just about, do I care about, you know, Rutgers going to Maryland? Like when we talk about what's good for our business, like hiring Lincoln Riley was really good for my business. Hiring Chip Kelly at the time was really good for your business. Going to the Big Ten is going to be massively huge for our businesses. Like it's going to be amazeballs. Like we have way bigger uh, like audiences outside of what you know, the teams we cover. When UCLA plays Michigan, like it's going to change your site for the week. You know, like this is going to be another like windfall for us. So like personally, financially, this is a nice thing that you, that USC and UCLA are joining uh, the big 10, but, and you know, I did this on my live show and some fans are like, are you going to cry? I'm like, I'm going to cry, but like, I'm still sad that that's happening, but it's personally great for me. You know, like that's, it's like, this is going to be massive for my business, my website, which, you know, that's what you're trying to do, trying to make it as big as possible. Most of the stuff that's, that helps your site is out of your control. Fire a coach, hiring a coach, yeah. joining a mega conference. But this is going to be like financially good for both of us. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's a lot of um, a lot of mixed feelings. I mean, that's I think that's the best way to put it is it's a lot of mixed feelings. I think there's some I think um, the fans who are upset about it, I think they have their valid reasons because it's mainly about um, – you know, I grew up watching UCLA play Cal and Stanford every year, or I grew up watching UCLA play Oregon every year, or whatever it is, and um, knowing that those old traditions are probably not going to sustain going forward, because I, I know there's been a lot of stuff bandied about about what the Big Ten might do at this point. I think um, the Bay Area schools really don't make that much sense for the Big Ten. Um, they don't have much draw. They don't have much cachet. Yes, they're in a media market, but it's not like a bunch of people are watching Cal or Stanford football. Um, Washington and Oregon have have, you know, Washington especially has a real draw in Seattle and Oregon has a national brand, has all this other stuff going on that make those two, I would think, potentially attractive. Um, but Cal and Stanford, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that one's going to be a tougher sell. And then um, so the the Bay Area trips, those go away, um, at least as an annual thing, because there's not. The thing is, for competitive balance reasons, UCLA and USC, they're not going to want to add Cal and Stanford non-conference games every year. Um, they're they're not going to want to do that because they're going to need to schedule uh, enough patsies to make it viable to be in the Big Ten. So there's, I mean, there's some some history that's dying today. Oh, 100%. And that's, I think that matters to people and I think it's upsetting for people and I don't think they're wrong. Um, I think there's been a point, you know, levied a lot on Twitter today that I think is right. And this is something I was saying on the show just earlier this week, actually. The the growth of the super conferences could actually kill the sport um, because of, you know, it kills the regionality. It kills the lesser teams. It does all this other stuff. Um, 
it could also lead to, you know, very good things for the respective schools, but in the long term, it could be very bad. And I think the people who are, you know, um, maybe tied to the history and tied to the tradition a little bit, they're not entirely wrong. A lot of that stuff is what makes college football great. Right. Um, but college football is changing. I yeah, had, it, it's the nature of the beast and you got to evolve. You have to evolve because it is changing. And I love tradition. I've had traditionalists tweeting at me and I, and like one guy tweeted at me like, you know, for a little bit more money, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not a little bit more money. This is like projected to make what twenty eight million a year, thirty eight million a year to over a hundred million dollars a year, like tripling what you've made or more. Um, and you know, Wilner was reporting that you know you add USC and UCLA to the Big Ten, and their their TV deal could be a hundred million plus per year per school. You know, you'd have to work for four years at in the Pac twelve to do something like that. And if you're USC and you want to try to compete with Alabama and Ohio State, and money is a big part of recruiting now with NIL and all that stuff, like you're going to be left behind. And I don't think there's any way to go about it. I, I mean, we just did a show tribute with a tribute to George Klyovkov, the great job he's been doing, <laughs> his anniversary. Literally, his anniversary is tomorrow. Like we've we've already done another show, like you know, praising his anniversary and talking about the great job he did. I don't think there's anything he could have done. No, to this avoid was this. this was all this was all set. This, was Larry by, Scott. this was all set by Larry Scott, and it wasn't set by Larry Scott two years ago. It was set by Larry Scott ten years ago. Um, that media rights deal, um, what they what they chose to do, the gamble to bet on the Pac-12 network. Uh, this is the ramification of that. I, I don't think a situation where um, we got to bring this one back. Hold on. The truth is, we all know Champagne Larry likes to roll large, right? Like, <laughs> I, I, had, I got rid of that one, but here, the gift that keeps on giving—he's now torpedoed the conference. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, look—you can you can say that it would have happened anyway, and there's maybe an argument that with NIL being what it is, and with um, the TV deals for the Big Ten and SEC just getting way out of proportion to what they're actually offering, being what they are, but. If UCLA had, or not UCLA, if the Pac-12 had negotiated um, media rights deals that were in the ballpark, like just seventy percent of what the other leagues were doing, um, we might not be doing this today. Like we might not be having this conversation today. But instead, they've been they've fallen way behind. Um, they don't really have a great plan for the future. They weren't winners in expansion. Um, they weren't able to pick off any of the Big Twelve that really mattered. They got Colorado. Um, and so at the end of the day, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Kyle Bonagoro made a point on Twitter. Um, and so I, I would say there are, there are twin fathers of, um, of the PAC 12's demise. Okay. One is Larry Scott. And the other one is the lack of success of USC and UCLA football over the last 10 years, yeah. which is ironic because they're, because the, they're the ones who are literally killing the PAC 12 today. I've done it on different radio stations. I'm like, this is partly partially USC's fault. You know, because they have sucked. And UC, they, I would say UCLA's more because the fact that UCLA has been actively bad for 20 years <laughs> has has basically taken the historical number two in the Pac-12 and said, no, you're a zero. Yeah. And USC, the thing is, the first half of this millennium, USC was was doing turbocharged USC. Like yeah. they they were. They were the premier program but in the country. But it's been like country. 15 years now. Or sure. Whatever. Yeah. But but it's not like they were – they had two really horrible years. But aside from that, USC was like – they weren't like – They, they, they won a Rose Bowl Yeah, in there, they, they, were, they, they weren't like horrible. They were just like, I don't know, what, 90s USC? Something yeah, like that? Like, meh, a lot of Like times, they were just yeah. fine. Um, And that's not great. But UCLA being bad for most of the last 20 years, 
that is hugely bad for the Pac-12. So, yeah, I would say combination of those two schools and Larry Scott are actually what killed it. And Larry Scott made off like a bandit and UCLA and USC are going to go paid $100 million a year to go play in the Big Ten. Not fair, guys. Life isn't fair. No. Um, while we're recording, we have a statement from the Pac-12. You want me to read this? Yeah, baby. Okay. Uh, while we are extremely surprised and disappointed by the news coming out of UCLA and USC today, we have a long and storied history in athletics, academics, and leadership in supporting student athletes that we're confident we will continue to thrive and grow into the future. The Pac-12 is home to many of the world's best universities, athletic programs, and alumni, representing one of the, mo mo one of the most dynamic regions in the United States. We've long been known as the Conference of Champions, baby. And we're unwavering in our commitment to extend that title. We will continue to develop new and innovative programs that directly benefit our member institutions. And we look forward to partnering with current and potential members to pioneer the future of college athletics together. Just that statement made me think, you know, you talk about like the, you know, over 500 national championships and all that. You're taking like 250 of them with, with USC and UCLA leaving, like... Yeah, you know Stanford has the most, but USC and UCLA have second, third, or whatever, or third like UCLA second, USC something like that. That's a lot of like other sports. You know, it's not just football for USC and UCLA, and obviously basketball, certainly for UCLA, but tons of national championships in other sports too. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot that's departing, um, and yeah, I mean, the Pac-12 needs to make statements like that because they need to position themselves as strongly as possible for whatever comes next. Um, but uh, so a point I made on Twitter and I, I don't want to hammer it for people because I think they're mourning a lot of people who are not, um, not USC and UCLA people and even some who are, but, uh, even more than the, than the big 10, uh, than the, than the, um, big 12, uh, with Texas and Oklahoma, the PAC 12 is reliant upon UCLA and USC and, and not even to say the schools themselves, but reliant upon the LA market. And the L.A. recruiting base. Well, L.A. recruiting base for like the actual function of like the teams on the field. But the market is what funds the media deal. It's what gives the money to the schools. Without yeah. the L.A. schools, you're probably, I don't know, cutting that media deal at least in half. Yeah. If and not I more. I don't know. And so it's just it's really unfortunate um, because I, I think the Big 12 has a has a has a has a chance to be viable without Texas and Oklahoma. I don't think the Pac-12 has a chance to be viable without USC and UCLA. 100%. If you put – so this is what I've been saying a lot today. If you put Oklahoma and Texas's like brands together with football, what matters, mm -hmm. it would trump USC and UCLA, mostly because of UCLA. Like both, you, know, you could say Texas and USC and Texas and Oklahoma are similar or whatever, but UCLA would be a little bit below that. So that's like two – like overall, that was like a bigger brand, uh, a quantity of a brand leaving the Big 12. But that's sort of like the Big 12, it's like two torpedoes in the side of an aircraft carrier. For the Pac-12, it's like two torpedoes and then like a couple of dive bombers. And like it's it's more of a death blow, I think, to the the the, the yeah, Pac-12, yeah. I think. You know, like all the things you mentioned, the L.A. market, um, you know, knowing that this is where, you know, it, the Oregon states and the Washington states of the world require those trips to Los Angeles to recruit California kids. Uh, having those teams not there, you know that the that ability not there. I think it's just it hurts the Pac-12 more. Plus, the Big 12 and Bob Bosley got a, you know got a lot of blame for stuff that happened, but 
he did as good of a job as you could have done getting Cincinnati and UCF and BYU and Houston. Like yeah. he already took like the best stuff, and then he caused a whole bunch of you know the the Sun Belt getting got you know teams and the AAC and all that kind of stuff. So they've already kind of patched up with the best medicine that was out there. Um, you know, is the Pac-12 going to be viable without USC and UCLA and like San Diego State and Boise State and Fresno State or something like that? Like, I just don't think it's going to. So it just doesn't add the money. The problem is the money. It doesn't add yeah. the media markets. Um, even adding San Diego State, you're not really adding anything because that's more or less lumped in with L.A. Um, but the, the good thing is for San Diego State, they're going to be more attractive because before you said we don't need San Diego State because we now have they kind of do. To you kind of need up. them now. Yeah, yeah you kind of um, need them. So it's, I mean, it's going to get really interesting because I don't think if you're Klyavkov, if you're the Pac-12, you've got to somehow convince the ones who are still attractive to stay. Like suddenly Washington and Oregon, ASU, uh, suddenly these are huge players in the league um, that Klyavkov needs to keep them happy. Um, because, you know, ASU is going to have a draw to the Big 12 and Arizona as well. Um ASU just I'm saying that just because Phoenix is a bigger market. Yeah. Uh, but Washington with Seattle market, like that's that's a huge draw. And they also get the fan support. Um he those teams are gonna leave. Like they're, they're, they should leave. Uh, there's no there's like, no argument for them staying. And then what is the Pac twelve left with? No, you're you're merging with the Mountain West at that point. You're not Or maybe the Big Twelve. Like maybe there's a Big Twelve merger. I, I think, think that's the more, most ambitious thing to do. More likely the Big Twelve starts to just, you know, Eat the Pac-12 alive. Well, if I was the Big 12, it wouldn't make sense to just merge because you're merging with a lot of stuff you don't want. Right. Um, if at you this want point, Utah, or the, the only what? thing that makes sense is acquiring what fits um, geographically, I think, to an extent, but also what fits in a media market standpoint. And so the, the only thing that fits for the Big 12, the Arizona schools make sense. You're adding some media markets that the Big 12 doesn't have. Yeah. Uh, Utah might make sense and Colorado might make sense. Yeah. But I don't think anything else makes sense for them. Probably not. Okay, so I want to give you an analogy. And I want to let's go through each program and kind of talk about how this impacts each one, um, if that makes sense. But to me, uh, this felt like the analogy I came to was like you're waiting to get into a club, and there's like a line, right? It's a fa- uh-huh. it's a it's a fancy club. USC is first in line to get in the club, and like Oregon's next, maybe Washington. You could argue Utah's fourth or UCLA's fourth or fifth it's someone that order like that and the bouncer comes over and go and points at usc and skips oregon and skips washington and maybe skips utah and points at ucla like you two come into the club uh-huh. opens the, the the velvet red velvet rope and those guys go in now you're oregon you're second in line and you're pissed you're like i should have been in front of usc to begin with right right but they were in front of me in line which pissed me off and then they pick ucla from behind me um if you remember and I got a lot of crap from this from people when this was going on, when Oklahoma and Texas left and we talked about the big 10 potentially bastardizing the PAC 12 and, and rating it. And then they had the Alliance and we're like, Oh, they're not going to rate it because of the Alliance. Well, the Alliance was a handshake. It didn't matter. I put out there that there's only one, there's only one school that is safe. If there's a raid going on, it's USC. There's a lot of scenarios where Oregon gets left behind or UCLA gets left behind or whatever. I think you said that the UCLA probably was not going to get left behind. I think the Oregon fans we talked to were like, there's no way Oregon gets left behind. And, and we and what we said at the time was, honestly, I'm not even sure Oregon is ranked ahead, against, uh, ahead of Washington. Like legitimately, when you think of the media market. 
Like that it, matters. But yeah, a, yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, to your point. But so, they, and I think they were mad at me. They're like, there's no way that a, the conference is going to, Oregon's been better. They've been, they've got, I'm like, they have been better and all that stuff. But that doesn't matter. Like when you're trying to get a brand, you're building, you're, you're, it's not about who's been better the last 10 years. So, um, feel kind of justified in that. Like that, but I think we still might see Oregon and Washington join, uh, you know, the Big Ten. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think this is what we thought could happen. And I talked to Mike Bone about this two years ago when I had him on my podcast. And it sort of made national news that I asked him, could USC go independent? Could USC join another conference? And he told me at the time, he's like, you know, I, I believe and I believe I think he said, I think Larry Scott would agree with me that all options are on the table. So this was something that he had been thinking about that they were thinking about. And the way the way college football changed, I think it just became pretty obvious that if you don't care about making as much money as Vanderbilt and Rutgers and your USC, then stay in the Pac-12 and get as, bet, as good of a deal as you can, knowing you're still going to fall way right. behind those schools. Or you go independent or you join one of those programs, or one of those conferences. And uh, I mean, I, I wasn't 100% convinced that they were going to do it. I certainly wasn't hundred percent convinced. Hundred percent convinced that UCLA would come along or go go along too. That I think that shows a real dedication on UCLA's part to like taking athletics seriously and not let any kind of academic. You know, like you yep. can you can have great athletics without have without sacrificing your academics. You're not joining the Big Ten to be like half-assed. You have to do this like full bore. Um, so this, some of that stuff's a little shocking, but. The, the programs they picked, it's not it's not really shocking to me. No, no. And, uh, you know, I, I hate to, yeah. But, like, I mean, that was our take when this was talked about the first time. I mean, as you said. You um, were more on, like, hey, UCLA is going to be involved than I was. So that, But you were right, you know. Like, yeah, well, it's it's because the, there's a relationship between the schools that's just um, more of a constant than the relationship between all of the California schools. Um, so there's that reality. But also – the Big Ten. So, if the Big Ten's doing this, they want to own the LA market. It's not just you want to have it; you want to own it. You want to have both parts of it. Um, and for all of UCLA's foibles, it's still a healthy percentage of the LA market. Like it's a lot of eyeballs still. Um, and if you take USC but don't take UCLA, well, then does the SEC try to get UCLA? And then are you splitting the LA market? And then you know, does that affect your media rights deal? This way, I mean, they're going to get a healthy chunk of it. Um, so I think there's a there's there's some realities of it, but I think a lot of it's the relationship between USC and UCLA. Um, I, I think, and this is something else we wanted to get into, but like just the Wilner kind of took a shot. Did you hear him on Fine Bob? <laughs> I, I heard him. Um, he said well, UCLA's there just because they're basically well, the, it's USC's, a, USC's like friend or they're, something. Yeah, they're, they're, they're their weird buddy who hangs out the parties. <laughs> they're like, we wanted USC to get into the club, but he said we have to bring my friend. I'm like, okay, you come on in. But I think there's a, there's a there's a there's a real politic to what USC's doing there and, and this is something that I think could benefit Oregon and Washington too. And this is we were talking about this a little bit pre-show, but um for the reality for UCLA and USC is going into the Big 10, if they play a nine-game conference schedule and it's just the two of them joining from the West Coast, that means they're playing one game against a West Coast team and then four four Either, yeah, it would be four, maybe five road games a year against Big Ten teams in Big Ten country. Yeah. You're talking about moving two time zones, if not three. 
Um, those don't end well usually for Pac-12 teams who are making those road trips, especially if they're kicking off at 9 a.m. Um, Even the NFL, like the West Coast teams have a like a worse road percentage bad. going east than the East Coast teams have coming west. Yeah, so there's because a, there's this advantage there. Yeah, and and TV deals are not going to be kind to uh, they're not going to figure that out for the Pac-12 teams. So um, I think for USC, it made sense to bring UCLA along anyway um, because you want at least one travel partner who's like there with you. Like you've got at least one game a year where you're playing in Pacific time. But I think it's also going to make sense for them to want to bring along a pod, right. you know, bring along Oregon and Washington. So then you have three games a year where you're playing in West Coast time, which means three of your conference games are done. And then you have six in Big Ten country. Three of them will be coming to you. Three of them you're going to. So it's not as many trips. It's not so. as many trips. It's not It's not as bad. And in some years, if you're getting the two road games against your Pac-12 opponents, then you're only, you know, road tripping out maybe twice. Um to Big Ten country, yeah, I think that's important. Um, I, I think even the Olympic sports, like if you're only going to, if it goes to four, that's fine. If it's like Oregon and Washington, but if you're only going to do two, and you're like the Maryland lacrosse team, and you come to Los Angeles, you get to play. Does does you have a lacrosse team? I don't know. Like, no. Okay, well, whatever it is, if it's a women's volleyball. Sure. Maryland comes to the West Coast. They can play both UCLA and USC. Right. If you had to come to the West Coast and play USC and then go to Eugene, that's not like it doesn't help. You know, like um, so having that pair, I think, helps somewhat. And then, like you said, having a pod, a West Coast pod, would help. That would be a benefit to um, both, you know, UCLA, USC, and obviously Oregon and Washington. Um, do you want to go through each school? Is there anything else you want to talk about? That? I mean, there's so many things we can talk about. I mean, there's so many things. Um, do you want to no, go through just, each school? Let's stuff? go through each school. Do you want to just do like, I'll just go like an order, like just alphabet, like no order, just like the order they're on my my thing. Yeah, yeah. We'll just start. It. Okay, so this will be weird. First up, Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> All right, so Arizona State. Uh, so the, the thing is, I'm going to firmly say that every Pac-12 team who's not UCLA and USC is a loser here. However. Everyone, I think. Yes. I think that's very clear. I will say, however, Arizona State has a chance to pivot into something good here. And I think it's the Big 12. Um, I think it's a natural fit. Um, I think there's some, you know, there, there, there's some ability to do that and feel like you've actually come out not ahead, but feeling okay about your position. And you might be in a better competitive standpoint there anyway. Um, the problem is for the Arizona schools, the real the real problem is that um, the L.A. market is going to be even more closed to you than it was before. And for ASU and Arizona, they've never been good at retaining talent in state. Um, and so they've been they've relied upon the L.A. market. And now uh, that's not to say they're not going to be able to recruit L.A. at all, but it's going to get harder. And that's 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 trouble. Yeah, but. I think there's a future for them in the Big 12. I, I don't think Arizona State's um, future as a major conference team is not foreclosed upon. No, I think – but the problem with Arizona State is there's always been this potential. Like why can't they recruit at this high level? Why can't mm-hmm. they have su- sustained success and be a you know a constant top 25 team? Maybe a change of scenery will help, you know, um, go into the, the Big 12. I think that's your best-case scenario right now. I think go into the Big 12. Um in being acquired and not a merger of the two. I think that's, if you're ASU, that's kind of what you're hoping for right now. Uh, let's go to Arizona Wildcats. 
it's a harsher reality for Arizona, even though I think a similar result will come because I think their priority on basketball versus football, the Pac-12 was set up well for them to be in, you know, top two position uh, in perpetuity, basically. Um, yeah. Tommy Lloyd came in and he was doing really well there. Um, and he is doing really well there. I don't think that's going to suddenly stop. But the Big 12 is a much tougher back- basketball conference. And I'm just assuming as a reality that they're going to go Big 12. Um, I don't know that for sure, but I'm just assuming that that's what's that's what's going to happen. And it's a much tougher basketball conference. There's just there's a lot more. Um, well, there's just a lot better coaches. Uh, there's quite a bit more money already in a lot of these schools. They've already hired coaches. There's really good coaches at several of these schools. Um, it's going to be a tougher road to hoe for Arizona in that league. Yeah, I mean. You got Kansas instead of UCLA, right? Like there's like the blue, blue, you've blue got blood. the blue, blue blood, but then you've you've got Texas, which is hugely committed to basketball. They just hired Chris Beard, but who's, who's maybe oh yeah, Texas is leaving. <laughs> uh, but you've got you've got Baylor, uh, who just won a national championship. Uh, you've got um, Cincinnati, I guess. <laughs> Oklahoma is usually very good. They're um, leaving too. Yeah, they are. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Cincinnati's good. Cincinnati's good. Houston's one. You know, hey, you know what? It's actually going to work out fine for Arizona. <laughs> You're thinking of the I'm, a, I'm a beer in and already I'm not thinking. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So uh, I think Arizona is just a slightly worse position, but it's just because Arizona is also just in a slightly worse position than ASU kind of perpetually. In general. Yeah. yeah. They're in Tucson instead of Phoenix. Right. Uh, I think so. I mean, but I think they're going to. Like they're like the UCLA to Arizona State to USC that they would come along for the ride. Like I don't think you're plucking Arizona State away and not Arizona. They're probably a package deal. Yeah, it's probably in their best interest I'm, to I'm, work together. Well, given how uh, strict their state laws are about playing NAU every year, I don't know that they would be able to split apart. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh. Let's see. Oh, we have a statement from the Big Ten on uh. Adding So it says the Big Ten uh, Conference Council of Presidents and Chancellors voted unanimously to admit USC and UCLA to the Big Ten, effective August 2nd, 2024. Competition will begin for all conference sports in the 2024-2025 academic year. After receiving written applications from the two universities, Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren, alongside conference athletic directors and the Council of Presidents and Chancellors, Evaluate the applications based on a, a dynamic model weighing four primary principles with supporting criteria. The principles include academics and culture, student-athlete welfare, competition and logistics, commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion in sports, and financial s- sustainability. The model allows the conference to analyze criteria criteria in a strategic and effective manner. Um, so just the, that statement Gobbledygook. Okay. Yeah, a lot of gobbledygook. Good. I'm glad we're moving to another league that just communicates in just jargon. Right. Uh, okay, let's go to the Bay Area schools. California Golden Bears. <laughs> Fucked. Probably one of the biggest losers here. I, I kind of agree. Yeah. Um, so Cal has expectations. Cal has actual dreams and hopes. Cal has a fan base that 15 years ago thought it was on the cusp of something. And now I'm having trouble seeing a viable path to something that isn't a mid-major for them. <sighs> Yeah, well, it's hard to talk about one without the other. So let's put them both in. Stanford Cardinal. Stanford. I, Stanford's this a on, slightly different story. Stanford's a different story, but I think there, there's there's some similarities. I think, like you said, Cal, I think, wants to play. There's a new game. 
I think Cal wants to play the new game. Nobody I don't wants think, Cal to play the game with them. But I don't think Stanford wants to play the game. No. I think Stanford is like NIL paying players, super conferences. Like I think Stanford could bow out of the the high level college athletics, at least on the football side, like completely. They're not relying upon the money. They don't they don't need the influx of athletics cash or the influx of athletics applications. A, a hidden thing with all of uh, major college institutions is that weirdly, athletic success drives applications it does. and drives fundraising. For Stanford, I don't know that that's the case at all. Um and so But I don't think they want to play this game in the football No, but world. that's my point is they don't have the commitment. They don't have the oh, what's what's a way to describe it? They don't have the financial impetus to continue doing this. Like Cal does because Cal saw what happened when they were really good at the beginning of this uh, beginning yeah. of this millennium. They were like, "Oh wow, we got a fan base, we got money, we got things coming in. We're going to renovate this stadium." Think about that. They still have the debt from that stadium they're managing, yeah. and they're going to do that without a major conference revenue. They are screwed, dude. Yeah, but and if Cal decides like they get like a Casey Washman, they get some super booster that's helping them out, and like we're going all in, we're going to try to do this. You're sort of tied at the hip with Stanford. And if Stanford's like an anchor and not something that's helping you, like if they're literally like bowing out and it's like, we're not, you know, if they're like, hey, Cal comes in and like, hey, they're they're putting together a Big 12 thing and they want us to, you know, they want the California schools to be part of it, the NorCal schools, do you want to go? And I think Stanford would be like, nah, I'm good, you well, know? And they just got stabbed in their kidney by uh, by UCLA, their, their, their University of California partner, too. Right. Like, like Stanford like, and USC, like just private schools, they're not like officially no. together. UCLA. Well, private USC. school private schools don't have friends, and they don't. The people there don't have friends. You, you uh, have like these acquaintances you yeah, see on holidays, right? But, right. but these are these are like your, your cousins, right? You like, see on the yacht. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but you know, public school, we we stick together. Um, but the same damn fight song. Yeah. Uh, no, Cal Cal's maybe it's one of the sneaky biggest losers here. Yeah, I think I think you're right on that one. I. I think Stanford could be a loser. Like, if you look at where Stanford, Stanford was. Stanford doesn't give a shit. Like, right. you don't even know what game they're playing. If you looked at Stanford when, like, Christian McCaffrey, when they were finishing the top five and going to, you know, New Year's Six games and stuff, and then look at them now, you're like, holy shit, this team has fallen off a cliff. Yeah. Now, they were, like, excellent, you know, and then they're not. But I think it's a lot of it's by choice. Like, we're just not going to play this game. Like, you've changed the rules, and we're not adapting to it. Like, yeah. And you have to adapt. So, but. If they were trying, I think it might help Cal, but holy crap, this yeah. is a... All right, let's... All right, player, next one, and then, hey, hey. We go, need another go, beer. Yeah, go okay. fetch. All right, hold on. Uh, next up... Colorado Buffalo. All right, so Colorado, my take on Colorado is it's largely dependent on what happens now, but if they can get picked up by the Big 12... Um, I don't think they're in substantially worse position than they were already. And most of their worst position, most of their bad position is due largely to how bad they've been at football, which isn't controlled by which conference they're in. Um, they would have been bad in football in the Mountain West the last 10 years. Um, so, but from a financial future standpoint, I think they need to get admission back into the Big 12. Um, and yes. that's... This is the one. So Cal, I don't think there's much. All right. Earmuffs Cal fans. I'm sorry. I don't think there's much hope for Cal. For Colorado, I think there's hope to. It's sort of like ASU's position, except ASU, I think, is in better position. Um, but there's hope to just be in the same position in a different league. And I think they can be a they can be a bottom four team in the Big 12 the same way they're a bottom four team in the Pac-12. 
Right. I mean, if you notice, like, Colorado didn't get really get help by being in the Pac-12, so, like, getting kicked out of the Pac-12 or leaving the Pac-12, probably not that big of a well, deal. Well, and when we get to UCLA, I'll actually make a similar argument about them, but um, just in a much more financially promising way. Kihara's opening our beers. Yes. Uh, beer number two. Yeah. Um, cheers to you. Cheers, my friend. Um, so, yeah, Colorado, I think, um, potentially at least neutral. Yeah. Um, no, I kind of agree with you there. Unfortunately, like, when you make a switch, so... I think there's going to light a fire on a lot under a lot of programs seats. Like you got to do everything better. Like, you know, you, you hired Carl, Dur- Carl Durrell. Like, I think if you're not that great of a coach and you're a team, you're, if you're Colorado, you're trying to now boost your curb appeal. Like you want to sell your, you know, your house is going to be on the market. I want new hedges. I got to paint the fence. I got to do if Carl Durrell is your head coach, like if Colorado fired Carl Durrell tomorrow, I think it would be brilliant. You're like, yeah, we weren't taking football that seriously, but now we're going to because we really, you know, now we're up against it. We have to make this work. So all these Pac-12 schools are going to have to boost their curb appeal if they're one of the the left behinds. And Colorado's one of them. But I think it makes sense to kind of go into the Big 12. It's going to be a coup for the Big 12, I think. This is going to, you know, there'll be a big winner in this because I think they're going to get some schools to, you know, they, they can have a huge, a huge league. And who knows, like Colorado could play like Texas and Oklahoma if like they hold on to the bitter end of their contracts. Yeah. You know, like, you know, they, they join in 2022. Um, I guess one of the things too, one of the CBS reporters put out that today, so June 30th, 2022 was the last day that any school could leave the conference without financial penalty or at least reduced financial penalty. It's two years to the day that the, um, the TV contract runs out. Right. So it, USC and UCLA announced today, it's like, uh, it makes sense because it's the last day you could do it. But that kind when you, when you think about that, if they were going to add Oregon and Washington, like that kind of screws them because they're going to now be, if they leave, it's going to be in that two year window where they'd have to pay financial penalties. Um, if they leave without giving notice before two years are up, you know, two years are left. So that's that's one thing to kind of consider, just that we didn't mention before. Yeah, that USC and UCLA timing here may have uh, in their maybe interest, they don't want those teams yeah, to come. Well, I, I think they probably do, but I think they wanted to secure their own future first, right? And you do that, but yeah, and so maybe, but I, I think also the Big Ten would probably help pay any of those financial penalties anyway yeah. if they were really interested. All right, next up. Um, well, this is funny. Utah Utes. I just saw on Twitter, uh, the University of Utah put out a statement. This is a significant development that impacts each Pac-12 member institution and alters the landscape of intercollegiate athletics. At the University of Utah, we are very confident in the strength and trajectory of our institution and our athletics programs coming off another elite year of academic performance, a Pac-12 championship season of football, and our most successful year collectively across all of our sports since joining the conference in 2011. We have been in frequent communication with one another since this information came to light, and we will continue to stay in close communications with the conference leadership and our fellow conference members as developments unfold. That's from uh, Taylor Randall, um, uh, president and Hark Lar- that is the president of uh, the University of Utah, and Mark Harlan, the director of athletics. So Utah has a has a has a tough tightrope to walk here because you don't want to end up back in the Mountain West. Um, that is worst case scenario here, but okay. Worst case scenario, not the end of the world. Utah 
Utah football was good in the Mountain West. It could be good again. Um, but I think there's a future also for them in the Big 12. I think it's a natural fit. I think especially with BYU moving into the Big 12, there is obvious interest in the state of Utah. Um, I think the Big 12 would be, of all of the Pac-12 schools, I think Utah is the one that makes the most sense for the Big 12. Even more than the uh, Arizonas, even more than Colorado. Um, I think Utah, with BYU being in there, um, fits. Um, and I think if you if you talked to Utah fan 15 years ago and said, "Hey, in 15 years they're going to be in the Big 12 and you're going to be you know doing your thing there," they'd be like, "Okay, great, sounds good." So I, I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, I think honestly, <sighs> Utah. I I think as a program, I think as a as a media market, I think there's enough attraction there that they would make more sense for the Big Ten than Cal would to me. Um, like uh, if the oh, Big yeah. Ten was interested in ag- like I would have Utah ranked ahead of Stanford and Cal if the right. Big Ten were interested in five teams, but I would still have Washington and Oregon ahead of Utah. But Utah, I think has a, they have a, a, an appeal because they've been really good on top of everything else. They picked a good time to win the the conference for the first. They time. They picked a good time to be good, but they've also been sustainably good. They've proved they can hang, um, and so I think they're still they're they're still again uh, sort of like ASU. Their 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 future has not been foreclosed upon by this by this move. Yeah, uh, no context. College football tweeted out just a, you know the blue like Pac twelve statements that come out there. It's just blank. There's a blank field with really small letters that just say "help." <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree on Utah. Like, it's sort of like uh, you know, you've you've had like your company's had its best like quarter ever, and some someone comes along and and all of a sudden like you kind of need to sell, and you're like, oh crap. Well, luckily we just had our best quarter because we need to put this on the market like right away. Um, you know, you feel bad because. Colorado just sort of came in and never really did anything. And Utah really built up for to to create, you know, to get to where they were and overcome these two schools that are leaving their division, um, overcome them and win the not just the division for you know the again, you know, win the division again, but actually win the entire conference. And now you sort of like get your rug pulled under, you know, out from under you. So I mean, if anything, that's probably gonna make Whittingham retire like within two years, like, is he going to go into 2025, like, and start in a new league or whatever, if that's what they do, like, probably not. So this might be, this might be the writing on the wall for wit, but yeah, but no, see but if Utah's you can... positioned well, but I, I, I agree with you. I don't think, I think there's a scenario where like the big, tw- big, Ten, big 10 could take Utah and Oregon, but I think it's more likely to pair them up with Washington, Oregon yeah. and Washington. Yeah. Or if they were going to bring in Utah, it would have to be with another team and make it 20. Like Utah and Notre Dame both coming in too or whatever. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next up we got Oregon Ducks. Potentially a winner. They're fine. They'll be fine. They're, they're going to end up somewhere. They are. They, they're still first in line. Yeah. And there's, there's spots first, in the club. The, the, we don't know which club, though. They're, them and Washington are first in line. I don't know which one's first right now. Or I think Oregon's first. Well, they've had the success. Washington, Seattle's media market is much bigger. But that doesn't matter as much. Like, the Big Ten added, like, Rutgers and Maryland that for media markets. That was 10 years markets. ago when people were stupid. But that was mostly about media markets. Like, I don't, I don't, you don't put as much emphasis on the media market. But, you know, Washington's won a national title in our lifetimes, you know? Right. Um, I mean, there, there's... There's history there. That, that's, that's anyway, the we're talking about Oregon. Yeah. 
yeah, I think they're going to be fine. Yeah. Like when it was funny doing the Portland radio show, if I was doing like, I don't know, a different, I mean, if I was doing like the you know Denver radio show, it'd feel a lot different probably than the Oregon one. Cause you felt like Oregon, I think Oregon is probably the most upset. They're probably the most pissed of anybody because when we talked to Oregon fans about this stuff, they're, they would yell at me like, Oregon's beat USC this many times and there have been a better team the last 10, 15 years and all this stuff. And I'm like, that is all true. But USC is a much more attractive brand than Oregon is. So it's sort of like maybe a little bitter pill to swallow. Yeah. And then seeing fourth or fifth in line, UCLA jumping them to get into the club, probably not sitting well, but that's just kind of like the nature. Now, if they join next week or a month from now, I think you'll feel fine, you know, but Right now, in this window, if they end up in the big in the Big Ten, the window doesn't feel very good. That you're like you weren't the first there. So I think it's maybe like a little ego check or something. We're just sort of like, okay, uh, maybe we're not as like amazing as we thought. Oregon's been an amazing program, but this is more about like history and brands and all that stuff and where you live, media markets and recruiting bases and all that stuff matters. It's great that Oregon's been an awesome program and. You know, one Rose Bowls and championships right. and all that stuff. Uh, what if you're Land Danning, man? Yeah, what did you just do? Like, holy crapola. Yeah, and Oregon could get ambitious. Maybe SEC is interested in going national. Maybe they're going to put in a big play for Washington and Oregon. You can't discount that maybe UCLA and USC were told to fly under the radar because the Big Ten didn't want SEC to poach them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe now that this is out, maybe not the, you know, Cats, cats out of the though. bag. Yeah. Maybe the SEC goes after Oregon and Washington. That's best case scenario, right? If like Oregon and Washington are now like hot, you know, you can bid on these guys. I don't. The ACC just signed a huge long TV deal that's terrible. Like, yeah. does that mean I don't know enough about it? But I, my guess is like this is ending. USC and UCLA are leaving because the TV deal, the long TV deal, is ending. It would have been really tough to leave before that. If you're Clemson, you're Miami, you're Florida State. You've already signed on to that crap. I think you're stuck, right? Like, I don't know if... that's the, That was the word we heard when Texas and Oklahoma were doing their dance last summer. Right. Is that the ACC was kind of stuck, and I don't think that's changed. And I think they're stuck for like 10 years or something. No, it's a really long, horrible, horrible deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Okay, uh, so next up... Oregon State Beavers. Mount, big, Mountain big, West, big loser. Yeah, they're gonna. They're. Uh, it's hard to see a viable path for them maintaining power conference membership. You're just like building, you know, redoing the stadium and all this stuff. The only chance Oregon State has is if Oregon won't uh, won't agree to a move without Oregon State involved. But I don't know or, that I don't Oregon think has the pull it. to do that. I don't think that's. I don't think that's possible. But. Like when if there's super conferences, like your Oregon State's one of the people that are being filtered out. Like yeah. they're not in a super conference. If the Pac-12 can stay together, if George Klyovkov, if uh, Kalashnikov can just go like balls to the wall, figure something out, keep ten and add two or something, what whatever he can do, then Oregon State's still in the Pac-12. That's Oregon State's best, you know, best chance to stay somewhat nationally relevant, um, as, as nationally relevant as possible. Otherwise, it's a group of five team in the Mountain West. Yep. 
and um, I, yeah, it's it's not good. I, I I feel very bad for Oregon State fans and uh, no another team we're going to talk to talk about briefly. We love the beefs. Um, all right, next UCLA Bruins. <laughs> For my money, the biggest winner of the entire thing, um, even more than USC, and I'll tell you why. Because UCLA has been more or less irrelevant in the Pac-12 from a football perspective, all they're doing is, at worst, trading irrelevance for irrelevance and making like four times as much money a year. <laughs> um, there's yeah. there's virtually no downside to UCLA here um, in football and in basketball, Nine of the 14 Big Ten teams made the NCAA tournament last year, including uh, a couple of teams that were just like three games over 500. Uh, UCLA in down years um, has not been able to make the NCAA tournament because of the Pac-12's weakness. Uh, Now, down years for UCLA, they're going to get back to just making the tournament every single year, even when they have slight downturns. And there's no reason they can't maintain elite quality basketball in the Big Ten. So there's no downside basketball-wise, and I think there is upside, and there's also the potential of adding recruiting mar- recruiting potential in all those Midwestern areas where, you know, Indiana produces guys every year, Michigan produces guys every year, getting getting into those areas. So I think for UCLA, this is an all-upside, absolutely 100% sign-off on it because you're not risking anything football-wise. You were already pretty bad. So you go into a league with a lot more, you know, sharks. Well, okay. You were already pretty bad. It's fine. You're going to make a lot more money being pretty bad now. True. And I would say, um, and you know, I could, you could argue for me, either USC or UCLA are the biggest winners. And I, I'll go with you on the UCLA one. It's sort of like if you have, uh, like there's a dinner party, it's going to be fancy. Um, and you're both going, USC and UCLA are both going, but USC like brought, most of the food and brought all the nice wine, but UCLA is still at the same dinner and you're like, you, UCLA gets to enjoy all of it without any expectations. And the, the reason nobody, they were invited, nobody, nobody's, nobody's worried about the quality of the, like USC comes in with a little anxiety. They're like, Oh, I brought the food. I brought the wine. I hope people like it. UCLA is just drinking and eating. We they, were, get- they were invited because like the big Ten's like, Oh, I, like, you have this sommelier you work with. Like we want you guys to come, you know, it's like the couple and the, uh-huh. but the husband knows, or the wife knows the whatever it is. And, uh, so UCLA is sort of coming along for free, right? Like, so USC is the wife who works at the company, the company being the big 10 and she's bringing along her husband. She's a new hire. She's bringing along her husband to the like work event, but the husband's just like a drunken lush. <laughs> It was just like, all right, I'm going to go for it. And so USC's bring, shrimp cocktail. USC's got a lot of anxiety. They want to move up in this company. They want stuff. To, they, they have ambition. UCLA's <laughs> just along for the ride. We're just hanging out, dude. That's pretty funny. So I would, I th- yeah, I think I can go with you that UCLA is probably the biggest winner. Our friends over at the uh, No Truck Stops podcast, um, I think they were a little shell shocked uh, listening to the podcast. They were talking about biggest winners and losers. Winner, they, UCLA was talking about more about being a loser than a winner, and I like the first words out of your mouth have to be, "Who are the biggest winners? USC and UCLA. Like those are clearly the biggest winners in all of this. Um, I, I, there's, I mean, that's the reason they did this, like because it's going to be a huge coup for them. They're going to make three or four times as much money. They're going to go from a struggling conference to a button down, like." You know, all the benefits that you have of being in the Big Ten, like you have that, you know. Yeah, is travel going to be worse and things like Sure. But holy cow, like everything else is going to be better. 
Um, so I don't know how you don't start with the biggest winners being USC and UCLA. So speaking of USC Trojans, second biggest winner. They're up there. Yeah. So they're the second biggest winner. And the reason why is what I was just saying. I'll say it in a non-joking way. USC has ambition in football, ambition that will uh, face a much sterner test in the Big Ten than it would have faced in the Pac-12. Um, they have monsters to slay in the Big Ten if they want to be conference champions and playoff contenders in the current four-team playoff structure. Like They're going to have to beat Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State every single year. Um, not to mention contending with their usual stuff, which is beating Notre Dame. Right. Um, and so to do that uh, is going to be a much tougher thing than it would have been in the Pac-12. The Pac-12, for all of its foibles, if you win it, and you do it with one loss, you're making the playoff. And that is a much easier uh, pill to swallow than what will they have to do in the Big Ten to win it? Two losses and then go to the playoff? And that's going to be hard. That's going to be a lot harder. Like, But uh, in a 12-team playoff? A 12-team playoff, yes. But right now... They're not going to join for two years. Like, well, but we, we, don't, we have no guarantee that, that thing's getting off the they're ground. They're going to expand. You know, like, I, they will at some point. I think when you're talking about this, like if you're USC... You could finish if there's a 12 team playoff. You could finish third in the Big Ten and and make the playoff. Like there's going to be that many teams from the SEC me, and the Big Ten. Let me put it better. Let me put it a little bit better. Yeah, elite USC's path to the playoff would have been easier in the Pac-12 than it will be in Big Ten country. I, I think that's fair. Yeah, and so that's the part where I think USC is a slightly slightly. It was also it was a no brainer decision for USC the same way it was for UCLA. But there is slightly more potential downside for USC because of the expectations in football. Yeah. I think that's that's the way I would put it. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go to the last two schools. Washington Huskies. Similar boat to Oregon. You know, not I, bad. I think yeah. they've got leverage. I think they've got ability to make some moves right here. Um, obviously, it's not great. I think they would have preferred the Pac-12 to remain. But I think they and Oregon have the best case for admission into the Big Ten as well. Um, and I think whatever ends up happening, they're going to be making more money. Um, I think it'll be either the Big 12 or the Big 10 or the SEC. Um, but I don't – Washington's not getting relegated to the Mountain West. That's not happening. I don't think so either. And, I, yeah, I think it's very similar. I mean, the problem is, though, we've talked about, I think, 11 months ago when Texas-Oklahoma left, that there was kind of a game of musical chairs. Um, I mean, there's still a possibility that a couple chairs go and Washington's left without one. You know, like you, it's – there's still risk there, but I think there's a little more risk than Oregon, uh, probably a little less risk than than Utah of like kind of being left out of things. But Utah also has like the like the Big Twelve possibility. Um, but I think when you look at this, if there is a way the Pac-12 stays together, you're Utah, you're Oregon, you're Washington. You can now say we want a bigger slice of the pie. You know the the whole parity thing. Um, you know that's going to go out the window if they keep it together and Oregon State gets to stay. You know, stay along. They're going to see Oregon get more money than they do from these deals. Like I think that's going to be part of this too. So um, I think it was going to be part of it if US, USC and UCLA stayed. Um, but there's no way you could make up for. I mean, it's like generational wealth that you were given up if you don't. Yeah leave like i gave this analogy on the podcast today like when i was i graduated from usc i got a job at hughes aircraft company and el segundo no this is in the 90s like 
I made really good money for me. I thought it was rich, you know, making like 40 grand a year or whatever it was, you know, something like that. Like it was, uh, I, you know, I was like, Hey man, I, I, we never grew up with money. Like I have an own job and a salary. Like I thought that was amazing. They paid for my master's degree. And then like a Silicon Valley company comes in and offers me double, you know, and I saw people networking next to me that were like probably making similar and they were there for like 20 years and stuff. And I, you just didn't see the upward, like this is a chance to like make a huge jump, yeah, change the game, change my life, you know? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, they paid for my master's. They, they hired me out of college. I love the people I worked with, but I couldn't turn that opportunity down, you know? And it's the same sort of thing. Like this is, you couldn't incrementally get better at, in a pac 12 over the next like 25 years, what you could do instantly by switching. So, um, I think if you're Washington, like if you do stay in the Pac-12, I mean, I hope Klayovkov crushes it. You know, I, I'm rooting for the guy. I want this to work. I mean, I like him. But if he does and keeps it together, those brands are going to get more money. You know, it's going to be different. You know, yeah. it's going to be harder for Oregon State and, and the next team we talk about. They're going to be slicing up a much smaller pie unless they add some. There's nothing to add. There, it's a smaller pie, but they're going to have a smaller slice too. Yeah, it's going to be a much smaller slice. It's going to be, a you know. Only only two teams less, but it's going to be a hundred, two hundred, three hundred million dollars less. Like right. it's going to be nuts. Yeah. Our last team, Washington State Cougars. I mean, same same situation as Oregon State. Um, not hard to see too much difference. Um, Mountain West. Um, it's going to have to be. Uh, I, again, I can't see the attraction for the Big Twelve or the Big Ten to get them. Um, sort of like Oregon State, they have to hope Klyavkov keeps it together or else they're going Mountain West. Yeah, we just got a, a tweet from uh, Nick Beattie, Washington State fan. Am I still welcome? Yes. Always welcome. Always welcome. Also, if anybody wants to... Um, so we don't know the plan for our podcast yet, but just thinking out loud, anybody... So maybe we could do an analogy thing where we find the Big Ten team that is most like your team, and then you guys could just jump over <laughs> to whichever one that is. Like the, when the people have to pick their Premier League team kind like of Like Utah. I think you are most like Iowa. I think or Wisconsin? I, yeah, you're Iowa or Wisconsin. I think Stanford's got to be Wisconsin. Really? Yeah. I think Stanford's Northwestern. Oh, there you go. That's right. That's Try right. to be smart. That's right. You Look at you. <laughs> Look at you. So maybe uh, when this all shakes out, we'll have an adoption draft where you guys can adopt the teams that make the most sense for you. We'll figure this out. Um, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and I, we're going to answer some sort of questions. We have Twitter questions. We have a lot of emails. I don't know what we're going to do, but back in a minute. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, we're back here on the podcast of champions. Um, we don't, we only have like 20 minutes left, right? Yeah. Let's just, let's fly through some questions cause people have them. I know. Do you want to do emails or you want to do the, the tweets? Let's get through, uh, Twitter first. Um, okay. Let's do some tweets. We have like some old questions, like the old, we just did a show recently. Let's not do those. Um, but we have some new ones too, but we can, uh, normal pack 12 stuff. So we can try to do a few emails, but let's get through the tweets. If you have right. them up, I don't um, like, I have them up, but if you I've got them up. Um, okay. all right. So, uh, Big Ten coaches as Disney princesses. We're, I'm sure we'll get to that in the future, but we're not there yet. I don't even know their names. Um, uh, somebody asking about the future of the pod. Um, I don't know. Tentatively, I think we're going to try to continue to do this for at least the next two seasons. Yeah, we're going to keep doing it. But um, reality-wise, we need to think of some solution because I- I'm not comfortable ending this. I don't. I I like what we're doing, but I think. This is a this is a changing landscape. We know that USC and UCLA are leaving. There's two seasons left. We can talk about uh, them in the Pac-12. But if we if like Oregon and Washington leave tomorrow, or the Big Twelve yeah, yeah. stops, like so, it might be like the Pac-12 doesn't exist after two years. So we figure something else out. I don't know, but um, or we do it and we're covering the pack 12 where we don't even cover the team right that are in the we'll, we'll, we'll put some we'll put some brain power to it and uh and come back um i'm sure you guys have plenty of this is ideas fr- this is from uh antonio will chip kelly ever coach ucla football in the big 10 Ooh, that's a that's a tantalizing i one. like that one no he's just got an extension yeah did, well, how much money did we say they were going to be making in two years there's no way they let this turd continue coaching sorry <clears throat> then there's no way they let this guy continue coaching through the 2024 season. I think that's what you need, man. I think you need to. No way. You don't commit to that and you don't make that move, bringing in that much mon- money and then continue with the guy who is. I, I looked at the story. Did you see the story um, that 247 put out? Really great stuff they put out all day. But did you see the one they put out about the recruiting rankings? If you add USC and UCLA to the Big Ten, where each one falls, and USC is like a respectable third or whatever. Yeah. UCLA's 15th, right in front of Indiana. You can't keep that guy. Um, all right, uh, here's another okay. one. Uh, please compare Big Ten teams to Star Wars characters. I'm sure we'll get to all of that. Yeah, uh, I love that, though. Will the new podcast name be Podcast of Cornfields? You need new sounds on the board. What does a Hawkeye, Buckeye, or Cornhusker sound like? This is all true. All true. All logistical things that we'll need to figure out. Um, is there a chance that we just keep the podcast of champ we're the podcast of champions and we just start talking about the big 10 <laughs> like is that possible well here's the funny part is i've already gotten a few tweets from sickos who are like i i, I don't my team is whatever oregon state or whatever but i'm gonna keep listening <laughs> I, I i don't know i don't know what you guys are gonna do so I don't know either um maybe we can do, we'll, we'll probably add a may, i think the most likely scenario is that we continue doing this and probably cover big 10 stuff but that we have a segment where we're just like running through the old pack 12 too yeah um but anyway uh how many of these new venues will ryan want to visit most because i know david won't 
Right. Big house. Big house, baby. Okay, so uh, Chris Torino asked me this earlier. He's like, give me your top five like places you want to go. So Rutgers, Maryland. I've been to I've been to Indiana. I've been to the shoe, which is awesome. But like Columbus isn't like a college town. It's like a thing. Um uh the big house is is up there. Like it's gotta be up there. I'd love to see like a whiteout in Happy Valley. Like, Have you done Nebraska? I've been to Nebraska. Uh that's very cool. I mean, it's the middle of nowhere, but it's like, it's a cool one. But I've, been, I've done that one already. Um, I mean, the Iowa thing where they, I mean, the tradition that they have of like, you know, waving to the children's hospital, like that looks awesome. I mean, maybe second would be Camp Randall. Like, you know, I want to see, I want to feel jump around in the, you know, for Wisconsin. You want to feel that, like that seems just absolutely crazy. Uh, but, you know, going to East Lansing, go to Michigan State, like I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, I mean, if you want to do like Chicago and you do a, a Northwestern thing, like that's, I mean, I already go to Chicago for like the Notre Dame trip. Um, uh, Champaign, I don't, I've never been, I don't know if there's anything like super appealing about that. Like I've been to New Jersey. I don't really care. Uh, I mean, Maryland might be cool. They just built a new stadium and stuff, right? They got a lot of money from Under Armour. Like they're kind of like the, oh, Oregon should be Maryland, right? Because you have Nike and Right and Under Armour, like right. The thing. No, the, the, it's the analogies are perfect. Uh, what what other schools? What am I missing that would be that would be good? I don't know. You rattled off almost the entire Big Ten. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, you're beautiful. We love you. Uh, how desperate for money are UCLA and USC to jump ship like this? LOL. UCLA definitely was. They were in debt. Um, I don't know that USC was desperate for money, but certainly it helps. From the people I've talked to so far, it just seemed like. They felt like if you want to compete at this level, I mean, the money money needs to be right. It has to you. You got to be in the ballpark, and they weren't. There weren't going to be like no matter what the big uh, the Pac-12 did, they wouldn't be in the ballpark. Um, You know, could the Pac-12 just double USC's slice of the pie? But then you hurt the rest of the conference. Like it just didn't seem that anything was going to be viable. If and. Who knows? It, it, money's not the end all of everything, but it's it's going to be really tough, you know, it, to see the van. Like, what if Vanderbilt was coming in and taking Lincoln Riley because they could pay more than USC? Like, that's kind of crazy. But that's mm-hmm. that's a potential scenario, you know. Does a Utah CFP run? This is from Stephen. Does Utah CFP run do anything to buoy their brand to get an invite to a super conference? I mean, it it uh, you're sprucing up the exterior. I mean, the it's. Utah has some juice. I don't think Utah's hopeless US juice. here. Yeah. No, they no. they have juice. Uh, and the the recent winning definitely helps uh you know, loyal fan base. Uh some of the traditions, you know, you have an undefeated season. Um I mean, there it's definitely helpful that you went to the the Rose Bowl and gave Ohio State like all they could muster. I mean, if anything, you know, at the lower end, I think you're looking like Big 12 is like, dude, we'd love to have Utah. Like I think that would be something um you know, but could you get into an SEC? Could you get into one of the big two? I don't know, but potentially, I, you know, it's, I think that's what you got to fight for. Like if, you know, Hey, bring us in Oregon, you know, bring you the Utes and bring Oregon into the big 10. I think if you're Utah, you can do that, but I, I think you're going to have a soft landing somewhere. It just, you know, it might be in the, in the, in the big 12. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna just cherry pick the next couple and get out. Is of there here. like a whole bunch? Yeah, we've got a lot, but just some of them are just kind of venting. Um, uh, Greg, co-host of the No Truck Stops, asks: Is, is oh. there is there any point to life? 
Um, <laughs> no. Yes, Greg. It, well, both, uh, you know, it's kind of the absurdist philosophy, right? There isn't a point to life, but you can convince yourself there is. You know what? Um, let me tell you this, Greg, that a lot of people are looking this looking at this as like, this is the death of college football. And in some aspects, you can see that. Like, there's certain traditions, there's certain things that will die uh, on the vine from college football. But you could also make the argument that this is going to save college football because it had become such a regional sport where it was SEC, 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 and Ohio State, and like not much else. Once you bring in Texas and Oklahoma, um, you know, it's great that Michigan made the playoff last year, but it was just so regionalized. I think bringing in USC and UCLA to the Big Ten, you make it more national again, and it's going to be a coast-to-coast kind of sport. And I think, yeah, it, there's certain things that are going to die in college football, but this might be what keeps college football like as big nationally as it can be. Like it, It's hurt the sport that it's been so regional lately. So I don't know if you agree or not, but... No, uh, I agree. Yeah. Uh, it's it's um w- what we knew it as is dying what happens going forward is now the open question yeah it's um, like i mean it, it might be like the the caterpillar dies but it there's a butterfly blooms a butterfly yeah um all right uh early thoughts on scheduling rotations preserving some games with usc and ucla and the rest of the pac-12 uh, it's too early to say if they're playing nine conference games it's really hard for me to see UCLA guaranteeing another game against a Pac-12 opponent. Um, but if they were going to, it would be Cal. I think that would make sense. USC might have Stanford, you know? Maybe, but USC already has a guarantee built in with Notre Dame. Right. Which so they don't intend to drop They're off. not going to break, so... So you, do you really want to guarantee another... You would have then have, 11 Power 5 <laughs> games every single year. Yeah. I don't know. That would be tough. You could guarantee 10, but the thing is, if UCLA does that with Cal, then are you really going to schedule an SEC opponent ever? Probably, Probably not. not. Yeah. So, Especially because they're like scheduling um, HBCUs and stuff now, so I don't know. But I, the whole schedule model might get thrown into you know, the fire. Is it funny? Like People are asking me about the alliance and stuff. It's like... That was just a handshake. Like that wasn't like a real thing. No, it wasn't a real deal. And it could have been like if they'd done a little bit more with it, but really it was just to block it was to block one thing. It was to block the stupid playoff after Texas and Oklahoma did their thing. Right. And I think a lot of Pac twelve fans were hoping that this meant that there's an alliance, so the Big Ten is not gonna come poach away Pac twelve schools. There'd been no movement there'd been nothing additional with the alliance in like nine months. Yeah. Dead letter. Um Crispy right. Bruin has an email. You want me to read that? Or? Yeah, why don't we just get to the emails? Um, uh, oh, funny one. Sorry. What's the what's the grocery sponsor of the Big Ten? I saw, yeah, I retweeted that one. Yeah, that's a good uh, one. Not Sprouts, I can tell you that. Yeah. Crispy Bruin, salutations and commiserations, Dave. Hey, Ryan. <laughs> now the LA schools are leaving the Pac-12 for a hotter, richer man. I have a list of custody arrangements that need to be made. I was hoping you could help sort through them. What happens to the other big ticket schools in the Pac-12? We went over that. Over that. What happens to the Rose Bowl game? Much more interesting question. Yeah, I think uh, it'd make me physically ill to see UCLA, USC play any Pac-12 school in a bowl game, but I'd have a stroke if they played in the Rose Bowl game. I can't imagine that contract is going to continue with the Pac-12 playing the Big Ten. No, this is a this is a hurtful blow to the, the college football is changing. The bowls are changing. The Rose Bowl was one of those hanging on 
to the old ways for dear life. You have USC who's gone, who's won more Rose Bowls than anyone's gone to. They won 25 Rose Bowls, you know. They're moving conferences. Now, they're going to the Big Ten, but it, and we've seen different teams play in the, big, the Rose Bowl. I think the Rose Bowl can still be big, but some of those traditions that you were hanging on to are going to go away. Yep, and that's just the unfortunate reality. Yeah. It's not going to get every tradition that you wanted. It might it might keep the sunset in the third quarter over the I think Gabriel you, Mountains. You'll, you'll keep January keep... 1st at 2 p.m. or whatever it is, but I think everything else is going to be – it's going to be SEC schools in it. It's going to be SEC Big Ten. It might be – It might be SEC Big Ten. Yeah. Like, if those are the two biggest conferences, if you're the Rose Bowl, yeah, there's two major conferences. You guys play in the Rose Bowl. Boom. Right. Or if the Big 12 adds – somehow adds basically all of the remaining Pac-12, then you can do Pac- Big 10, Big 12. Sure, the, you can do the that, Pac- yeah. In the Rose Bowl. What the hell? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Do we have to bring burnout older brother Cal with us because it'd make the UC Regents sad? Nope. Okay. Who gets Bill Walton in a divorce? Big 10, baby. You th- could you imagine him talking about truck stops in the Big 10? This is going to be... Okay, who... who the No Truck Stops podcast. This is a big blow to them. Big blow to their name. Because, you know. I mean, our, our Twitter handle is literally Pac-12 Podcast, but. That's true. Big blow to the No Truck Stops. Oh, by the way, if we start doing the Big Ten. We should probably actually, We're keeping the same name. We should probably get one of those Twitter names. We should probably lock that down. Do that right after the show before we uh, actually get to uh, publishing this because <laughs> okay. some idiot's going to do it against us. Yeah, we'll do, we'll have to do that. Uh, and most importantly, who gets the POC? We're we're trying to figure that out. Uh, happy anniversary, Commissioner Kalashnikov. Hold on, Kalashnikov. Hoping you enjoyed <laughs> captaining the Titanic. Why, God, why, Crispy Bruin? All right. Do we want to do perks? Voicemail. Uh, uh, do you want to read it? Go ahead. Oh, the voicemail. I don't. I mean, I can't. It would take me a while to load it. So. Oh. Then no, I don't want to. Okay. Uh, as a Utah fan, this bums me out. Another step in ruining college football. Yeah. Utah fans, I think, have the most legitimate reason to be kind of bummed right now. Yeah. I can, um, I could try to download it. If nah, you want. No, no, no. We don't, we don't really have a time. It's like it doesn't instantly happen. Like David just thinks like things magically happen. Like I, I don't think, know. I, I, I have I thought, to do stuff. I thought you did an ounce of preparation today, but I guess I was wrong. Uh, I mean, the voicemail came in like while we were recording. I think, this so. is from a concerned citizen. Mm hmm. Hello, Ryan and Dave. By the time you get to this email, I'm sure the discussion over your trader ADs will have exhausted all possible avenues save perhaps this one. Since both of your respective schools are attempting to jump ship to the Big Ten, will you please rank this potential new Big Ten conference by what Disney princess they are? No? <laughs> Can't, can you? That's right. There are only 12 official Disney princesses, and the Pac-12 is the only conference with exactly 12 teams. We're not only the one conference with an accurate headcount, the Pac-12 is the one place you can do a perfect Disney princess offseason list. To remove this ability would be a tragedy of the greatest magnitude. It must be prevented. Quickly, Ryan. Quickly, Dave. Get on the phone with your AD and convince him to call off this foolhardy endeavor. They've gone mad and must be stopped. We would Honestly, the most compelling argument that I've found. That, that is, I would make the call. I would send Mike Bone an email right now, but it's already signed. It's done. If, if I Tell you what, if we had recorded this earlier in the day, before it was official... We may have been able to make I could have happen. stopped it, potentially. It's like stopping the apocalypse. <laughs> there was people sending me like um, Star Wars analogies. It's like, you know, the Death Star blowing up Alderaan or whatever. Like, just like, it, it's, it's crazy. Is there any part of you that's like shocked that USC and UCLA are like working together or that UCLA decided to go along with it? Oh, that UCLA is making a proactive move? 
um, that is ambitious, that will harm its Olympic sports in some meaningful ways, and that decouples it from Cal. Yeah, I, I would say I'm shocked. Yes, there's a lot of this that um, goes against everything that we've we've known about UCLA forever. Because um, even if it is a situation where they are simply riding USC's coattails, which probably somewhat true, I don't know how entirely true it is, but it's at least somewhat true. Um, the fact that they are willing to jump upon those coattails is a game change. It's a big deal. That's a game change for UCLA. I mean, it's same for USC. Like they just they haven't acted like this in a long time. If you remember, it was like 1978. The it was the Pac Eight. Yeah, I remember 1978. That's right. You were not born, right? Uh, Arizona State and Arizona were going to join the league. Uh, I think both UCLA and USC were into it. I think the whole conference was. And Stanford sort of like at the end kind of like put their foot down. Like, no, we don't want them to join. And the USC president at the time, like this is probably the last time USC like flexed its muscles and said, fine, we'll leave. You know, if you don't want them to come in. And they're like, oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. And then they let in Arizona, Arizona State. USC hasn't done anything like that, even though they've been like the 900-pound gorilla. They haven't like pushed an agenda or anything in the conference. And they've had bad athletic directors who just kind of went along for the ride and just, hey, whatever the conference does, that's fine. And that's just – it's just not the way college football is right now. So knowing that, you know, the way Mike Bone and Brandon Sosna have, have worked, I'm not that shocked that USC's you know, pulling us off. I mean, it's a little – I thought it would be more of a, a threat, like a hey, we could leave, so give us a better deal, more than leaving. So this was like, okay, it's a little, it's a little shocking that they're actually doing it. But I, I thought they would explore it, meaning that they would get a, they weren't gonna. I, I knew the new media deal, they wouldn't be making the same money as as Washington State. I knew that, but I didn't know they would go this far. And right. uh, I thought the smartest thing was for USC and UCLA to partner up. Yep, and now they have. A lot of people disagreed, and but they have, and it was the. I mean, I think my instincts were well, right. Look, on that. I mean, look, we have the best test case right here, the Pac-12 podcast. It works, yeah. The podcast of champions. We we see the magic that happens when USC <laughs> and UCLA team up, where USC does all of the work, and UCLA comes and eats all the delicious food. Yeah. This is <laughs> actually, we we pretty, actually are we already are the like Big Ten podcast. Like, we already are there. Like literally, I do all the work. <laughs> Yeah, you did all the work, um, but you can't do this without me. Otherwise, you're just the obnoxious USC guy. That's true. Like I would, like I am the sympathetic character in this. Yeah. Like normally they'd be like, "Screw that USC guy." They're no, like, but "Oh wait, I, he actually but works." I'm such a uh, such an absolute asshole that it's like, "Oh great, that Ryan guy. He's a real cut the, off chip off the old block." The prick, nice, the prick USC guys actually. Like, he, he's actually like character. better and and just like a generally upstanding citizen. He like delivers meals to the homeless. What is this? Oh my god, this, that's pretty funny. That that's I even thought about that. Holy crap, Bola! We already are the Big Ten podcast. We are. Um, <sighs> shit balls. Well. To, we okay real quick we really appreciate all the listeners out there i'm sorry this is our last show <laughs> <laughs> i tweeted that link for a thing i'm like it's our last show ever like no it's not our last show uh we'll figure out uh what we're gonna do we've i've loved doing this like when we talked about you know both of our sites we're gonna make more money um 
you know, yes, what if we had to lose the podcast of champions? It makes no money. So it doesn't matter. Zero dollars. But it's more of a labor of love that yes. we, you know. Yes. And even and though we're more, not that more good of a at labor, it. more of a labor for one of us than the other. Yeah. <laughs> we, but I, I, I think it's made me a better like reporter just yeah. because like I know all the programs better. Like it's, it's helped me and I just have fun with it. And we have great listeners and they're funny and, uh, it's, it's been cool. And like to go on bro and like say something about the podcast of champions and have people like not hate me or whatever. Yeah. Like it's kind of cool. You know, I think it people is. still hate you on, you know, on the, on the when, I, when I come over, they're like, "Oh, this guy's not." I think so bad. people that like, yeah, like I think they like the, the we have banter and stuff on the show. But yeah, yeah. when you, you'll say something weird, and they'll, I, I'm sure the same thing. Like if I say something positive about USC, like I think with Lincoln Riley at the home, they're probably going to be less tolerant of me when I'm this. Yeah, this like, is probably a good time for this to end. Like what I'm saying, like Clay Helton's <laughs> terrible. Like the bro people are loving it. Like that, I, that I think USC is bad. Um, but when I say I think USC is going to be good, and I play like the. Uh, they're going to be less tolerant of me at that point. God, um, I, I'm going to have to be. I'm going to have to figure out a way to be obnoxious to an entirely new set of fan bases if we continue this podcast covering the Big Ten. And you're going to be, I think, maybe less accepted by some of the the what the our friends at the other podcast, the truck stops. Like, I don't think some of the truck stops are going to appreciate you. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> like the people in Boulder, well, the I don't is, know if they appreciate it. Like, but. look, I, I, I've had some things to say about various Pac-12 fan bases over the years, but you guys are all a cut above. I, <laughs> I had to interact with some Iowa State fans on Twitter uh, this week. Mm-hmm. It's not just that they're you know parochial and all that kind of stuff. It's that they they're they're very serious. They're very serious. Like mm. I, I think there's an element of trolling that I love about the Pac-12 fan base because um, every fan base is so bad, every team is so bad in like the grand scheme of things. And, and every, you have fans jumping every, ship and becoming Arizona fans. Every, <laughs> every 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 program has been so like destroyed at various points in just the last twenty years that everyone has this deep like nihilism that makes it all very <laughs> funny on Twitter. But like I have Iowa State fans like trying to earnestly argue with me about like whether it's better than UCLA, and I'm like, what are we even arguing? <laughs> like, what are we talking about? And so I'm just like kidding with them on the square, and they're not even getting it. They're not even getting that I I have I have absolutely no investment in this argument whatsoever. <laughs> I am just like responding in in kind, and it's it's I, I I'm worried that that's what we're going to get out of the Big Ten that they're just they're not going to get the show. Maybe not. We'll see. Uh, I was at the on the sidelines. Uh, Ari Wasserman covers uh, recruiting for the uh, Athletic, and I love listening to him and Andy Staples and stuff. And he's kind of big in on. Um, he loves the California. He got married. Like he lives in Dallas, but he got married in Southern California. He loves like. And so he got on Twitter. We're talking about when Lincoln Riley left. He's like, "Yeah, duh. Why would you not?" And like the Oklahoma fans were just all over him. And he's like, "I, I can't even understand what the argument is." So we were sitting on the sidelines of Redondo Beach, and he's like. It's like I'm. It's like you know, 100 degrees in Dallas, and it's like 71 here. Like this is freaking. Like this makes me want to live here even more. Just like sitting on the sidelines at the late 11. It's funny. There's stuff like that, but it's gonna like that stuff. You kind of yeah, really like, make people mad. There's like, a lot of cold weather cities that we're gonna be talking about. And that's the thing is like I'm I'm so far up my own ass all the time that I'm like constantly like I'm constantly listening to what I'm saying and I'm constantly like self editing and it it's what makes you like kind of like a, a introspective and, and but also like. It makes you say funny shit sometimes. Um, there's not that level of introspection. Like I was arguing with people from Ames, and they're like, "Oh, but Ames is better because people go to the games." And I'm like, 
people go to the games in Ames because there's nothing else to do. There's so little to do there that you're listening to a UCLA podcast to get mad. Like, what, what's going on? And it's just uh, the level of introspection that just makes you step outside of yourself for a second and say, hey, oh, this is all just a lark. It's all fun. And yeah. it's just, no, I'm angry about this. I'm angry. And I understand it because they live in Ames. You have to understand something about our Big Ten overlords. That Iowa State's not part of them. Yeah, Did no, you understand no, that? No, no, no. But Iowa State was – I was arguing <laughs> with them because uh, UCLA was in a recruiting battle in uh, basketball with Iowa State fans. And I said some choice words on the broadcast. <laughs> and literally some Iowa State people listened to that broadcast, a UCLA podcast – to get mad about something I said about Ames. I mean, UCLA people don't listen to that. But, like, but I guess Iowa what State I'm saying is all people all people in the Midwest are the same. And so I'm assuming that the people who are like Iowa State fans are also the same people who are Iowa University that's fans. That's going to go over very well, by the way. Yeah, no, I think that's going to go really well. Our Big Ten overlords. Well, it's going to go over well like the planes that fly over that area go over well. Ah, uh, this is definitely going swimmingly. Uh, I got to work it up. I got to work. I got to workshop some stuff. You're, you're on a good start. Um, I have friends that cover Texas and Oklahoma and just to see them like funny tweeting stuff like it just means more like they do all the SEC logos. Like when we have to say like leaders and legends or whatever, like I want to tweet stuff like that. Oh, you know, and like, if, if you thought my politics went over well in the Pac-12, <laughs> get ready for Big Ten, baby. Because <laughs> you're left of. The super liberals, or whatever, <laughs> yes. right? And like, I'm and, left of Marx. <laughs> and most, most of the Pac-12 are like in the ballpark. You yeah, know? Uh, yeah. Not, not. I think Nebraska go. fans going to be on board. You don't think so? No, I'd probably, probably not. Like North, North, Northwestern, they'll be all right with you, probably. Yeah. Yeah, some of those schools. Maybe Michigan, maybe. No. You don't think so? I think there's just too much hunting and fishing and stuff. Like it's just you know, Rutgers. Jersey. Mm, yeah. Jersey's more like blue collar than like New York City, right? Like Yeah. New York City's gonna be blue, blue, blue. Is it Jersey? Well, maybe it's Jersey's no, they had, Jersey's they had blue. Christy. They had Doug Christie. Chris Christie. Chris Christie, sorry. Doug, Doug Christie is the Sacramento Kings former player. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think your politic it's it's gonna be less tolerant of your politics. I'm excited for that. There wasn't a high tolerance for it here since you upset Democrats and Republicans. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. In, in I'm excited. Time. I'm excited to say all of my old takes are new again. <laughs> it's going to be. It's going to be new. And thank you know, all our new uh, Big Ten listeners. Thank you. Oh um, yeah, no, all of them, all all twelve of you. We oh, really there's appreciate good. No, you. dude, we're, I bet you like our numbers go through the roof. Like because they're going to like they want to consume what. Hey, what the hell's going on in the Pac-12? Oh, we should, pick. we should post this on all the Big Ten sites. Hundred percent. Yeah, baby. Yeah, this is this is what you're getting into. This is the shit you're in for, buddy. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what we're going to say. I'm Ryan Abraham, publisher of uh, USCFootball.com. And I'm uh, David Woods, publisher, well, no, uh, writer, editor, editor, editor of, of Bruin, uh, Bruin Report Online. And uh, together we are the podcast of champions. Talking all I things. Pack 12. 12. Football. football for the time being yeah uh for david i am ryan thank you so much for tuning in to our show everyone in the pack 12 and our new big 10 overlords and we will talk to you next time adios